Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with California-based business lawyer Thomas Carter. He serves as a business attorney representing clients throughout the Inland Empire, San Gabriel, and Pomona Valleys. He began his legal career in Washington, D.C. in a string of positions that served Tom very well in providing respected professional legal experience in the business arena. He successfully launched his own business law practice in 2014 and continues it to this very day. We cover a lot in this interview. Enjoy. Hey, Tom, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Sure, of course. So before we get into your life as a business lawyer and everything that goes into who you are, I want to know... We went through quite a thing with COVID over the last three years, and now that the world's waking up, how has it changed the way that you live your life and conduct business now? Uh, actually, it's, the change is quite stark because I used to travel to court a lot more. I used to have a lot more in-person depositions. Um, I used to have client meetings face-to-face a lot more often. Those have really been cut down by, I'd say, Seventy percent. You know, court calls always been a lawyer's friend because you don't have to drive to L.A. or San Bernardino or Pomona or wherever. You're just at your office and you're, um, uh, you know, looking at other emails, waiting for your cattle call, and then you go in there and you you talk to the judge and then you're done. Um, A lot cheaper for the client, of course, than paying me to drive to L.A. Uh, So efficiencies are there and were there prior to the pandemic. But since the pandemic, you're only going to court for trials. Um, so much that you, you never show up at all, and neither does the client. Um, and, and it's spread even to depositions. Depositions are always in person, unless, you know, maybe somebody was in Alaska and you just agreed, fine, let's do it via Zoom. Um, they were done in person. And now I rarely do in-person videos since the pandemic. It's all online. So, So, yeah, that's interesting, and I think it's kind of revolutionized all of us in the way that we interact, whether it's with therapies or, you know, just a whole host of things. I think we don't actually have to be in person, but the irony is that this technology made us realize over the pandemic that we need community more than ever. That's true. That's definitely true. In our personal lives, yes, it's like uh... Anything is trade-offs, right? It's more convenient, but you're, you don't see people face-to-face. You're kind of in your, your online jail cell. <laughs> for for sure. Better phrase, you know. Yeah, so right. Di- different existence. Absolutely it is. So did you always have a dream of being a lawyer? Not really. I wanted, knew I wanted to do something that was kind of meat and potatoes. I never wanted to be, you know, an artist or anything. Um, so in college, I... I thought, hey, this is a, you know, really good path to go to law school. This is something you want to do. Oh, my God, that's such a commitment. I don't know if I want to do it. Um, You know, uh, I just realized recently that I'm never going to play for the Dodgers. So, um, you know, uh, it was actually a kid dream. But, you you know, you start to grow up and you realize, what am I really going to do? And I just bit the bullet and said, all right, let's try this law school thing. And, once you take out the loans for grad school and you're already in it and you're a semester in, you're kind of, for lack of a better phrase, you're stuck because you've already spent a ton of money. You've already taken on a bunch of money in loans. And you, if you quit, that's all just uh, a loss and you'll, you'll set yourself back. So you kind of realize, look, I might as well just get through law school and then, all right, fine, I'll take the bar in, in, uh, in California, which is the toughest one. 
all right, I passed it. Now what do I do? And it just, it was a rough go for many years until finally one day it went click. And um, right around year four or five, that happened to me. And it was amazing. And then I really became a lawyer and you got broken in enough and you get comfortable with what you're doing. Um, and you start to love it. But, but it took a long time to get there. Let me tell you that. For sure. So let's go back to where you were born and raised. Are you originally from L.A.? Well, I was born in Covina, and uh, at one years old, I moved to Claremont, which is where I grew up and was raised. And I currently live there now. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about what were some of the seeds that were put into you to get into law and to follow this passion that you've had in life? Well, I, I thought of what I wanted to do. My grandfather was a doctor, and there was always this minor encouragement to go into medicine, but I, I didn't have the math or the biology. I wasn't that interested in science. I kind of liked public speaking, and I felt I had to get the gab. So the law was something that was kind of a natural magnet for me. Um, my family had uh, – my parents played softball here in town, you know, a Friday night beer league with their friends, and a bunch of their friends on this team were lawyers. And uh, they were – we call them the three wise men. They're kind of the my mentors through this, and they've always sort of helped me and given me advice and what to do, what to take, what my next move is. Um, and they – were definitely an inspiration. I mean, you know, the money was, you could tell that for them the money was good. They got a lot of respect and they were fulfilled in their jobs. So that was a big encouragement too. And then when it was time, you know, it, toward the end of college when you're like, well, what am I going to do? It's just, it, you just kind of said, all right, that's an obvious choice. It's not like I grew up watching Law & Order desperate to become a lawyer, but I thought it could be good. And once you dive in, you just dive in. So what is the daily motivator for you? You know, we all have these things that get us out of bed, move us in the right direction. What is the ultimate motivator for you? Well, my kids, my family, I have three little ones now, and uh, it's a, a wife, and it's a radical life change from, you know, the lifelong bachelor. Um, those responsibilities, and everybody says that, oh, once you have kids, you, it changes everything, but you don't really know the scope of it until you have the kids and it, it radically changes everything. So it's not just bring home the bacon and earn money and, and afford the things that we need. It's try to be a role model for these kids and show them that, you know, that that's a good, forthright, honest man who is able to provide and help people out at the same time and, and help the people in his community. So we all have these moments professionally that make us grow quite a bit. What was the case for you that really made you grow? Maybe it was difficult or unexpected, but what was the case that you probably grew the most? Um, it was a civil litigation case, like, like almost all of them are for me. And uh, we were in San Bernardino court, and I had a lengthy bench trial and I had tried a few cases before then, but this one had a lot of detail, a lot of uh, animosity between opposing counsel and myself. It was just the stakes were high. And I handled it all uh, very, very well. We ended up winning. And from that particular case, I shed my fear of trials. All lawyers have fear of trials, and you go through them and the other nerve-wracking. But sometimes when you know you have trial coming, you're like, oh, my God, it's really going to go, you – 
tend to freak out. When you realize and you grow past all that and you're like, no, no, I got trials. I know how to do this. That anxiety and fear fades away and you just become, and it's a great feeling. So let me ask you this. Based on the life you've led so far and the wisdom that we all gain throughout our lives, what we overcome and what we accomplish, I'm curious if you had a dream tonight and ran into a younger version, a 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the life you've lived. What would you tell that young version of you? Stop drinking so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. I would say to lose the fear of making a mistake because, I mean, yeah, lawyers really can't make mistakes, but neither can doctors. But at the same time, nor can really anybody. I mean, accountants said on down the line. But if you're going to have a career that's going to last decades, it's arrogant to think that you're not going to make a mistake. You're human. If you're sloppy and you make a series of mistakes, I mean, that's one thing. But even the most conscientious person occasionally makes a blunder or doesn't do the right thing. We all live under the chopping block. You could be fired or, you know, attorney got the business malpractice claim or something like that. Um, those words haunt us all. And yet, you, you, if you're going to be working for decades in a particular career, you're going to make some mistakes. So you have to be wise about them. You have to learn from them. You can't let them cripple you. And, you know, what I would tell my younger self is stop worrying so much about that. Don't let it be uh, something that has too much real estate inside your head and something that causes your anxiety to increase. Of course it's there. Treat it like it's there. Respect it. But don't let it overwhelm you. Move on. Do your job. That's it. So of all of the things that you've done and accomplished in your life up to this point, what are you the proudest of? If you're talking professionally, I would say finding success on my own in my own firm, hanging out my shingle. And, uh, you know, a lot of lawyers don't do that anymore. Um, And, of course, I had to gain experience before I had the gumption to do it. But I'm proud that it is, is going very, very well and I continue to grow. And it's all on my own. I really was a success being my own boss. So... Everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, all these different capacities, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you ultimately are in control. You live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I might have an inaccurate perception of myself or maybe mildly distorted, only because I am always surprised when people pay me compliments or um, say, oh, you're really sharp on this or you did a great job here or you, you treat people really well here and it's exemplified there. I am always somebody who is um, <laughs> naturally a bit more neurotic and is not – I don't like to tell myself you did a good job, right, because how dare you? <laughs> but, um, you know, deep down – based on what people tell me, you know that it's it's true and it's okay um, to say, hey, I, I do have a good set of skills and I am a pretty decent guy at times. So what's been one of the best client responses, fan letters you've ever gotten from your work? Boy, I helped a couple in Pomona, uh, you know, just a, a town next door, and they had a really rough time. They had a really nice old house, a custom old house, and they hired a contractor who really did them wrong. 
And they were worried that they'd have to hire me for a big, expensive lawsuit. And I said, all right, hang on, let's try just the threatening letter. I'll do my best to threaten these guys and see if they'll hop to and do the right thing. And sure enough, the letter scared them, and they just opened their pocketbook and paid my clients, you know, north of $70,000 because they didn't want to get sued. And the clients were ecstatic. I mean, they're really, really happy. They could take that money and, and fix their custom old house the way they wanted it, right, you know, true to the original. And uh, they were really, really happy and appreciative and kind of stunned that the letter route worked and uh, that, that just threatening with the law and our approach was so proper that it worked. Um, I, I really enjoyed that couple because their appreciation was genuine. So, Tom, if anyone out there wants to hire you, learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world and your business and what you do, where do they go? If uh, you could go to law offices of Thomas S. Carter, and my website is um, tscarterlaw.com. That's T as in Tom, S as in Sam, carterlaw.com. And I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at Tom the Business Lawyer. So that's at Tom the Business Lawyer, and you can find me there. Thank you for opening up. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. You too. Have a good one. Nice talking with you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, law, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.